Hey, welcome everyone to your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. Yep, guess what? We're now on YouTube, so we want you to head over there, check out our YouTube channel, like this video, and subscribe. Well, today we get to dive into the world of Type 7s. We're going to be talking about the new Enneagram internal profile. It's actually the topic of our new book. If you want to learn more about it, you can go back to episode 112, where we introduced the idea of the book. Um, our Enneagram internal profile, and you can go pre-order our book wherever books are sold. It's going to be releasing this September 20th. Before we get started, Beth, why don't you give them a brief overview about what is EIP? Yeah, well, we kind of go back to the fact that God looks at our heart condition, and the Enneagram really helps us to become aware of our heart condition, like really what's going on inside on a deeper level. So we developed EIP to help us to know that we are more than just one type that we experience different parts within us. And of course, we have our main type, which is the driving force behind why we think, feel, and behave, but it's not the only part about us. EIP shows that we have six other parts that are within us. So what we have is our main type, and that main type holds two parts, the wounded child or the flesh, but we also have the beloved child. This is the spirit-led self. Then we have four other connecting parts. And these make up the two wings for our types and the two Enneagram paths, those two numbers that are connected by the lines that you see on the symbol. And they show up in either aligned or misaligned ways, depending on whether our wounded child or the beloved child is leading the way. Therefore, using EIP will really help you and enable you to become aware of your current heart condition and to know if you need to steer back into a healthier direction or get your heart back into alignment with the truth of the gospel. So we want to ask the Holy Spirit to awaken our beloved child to get back into the right driving seat of our internal bus to lead us into healthy alignment. This is where we're going to see the overflow of the fruits of the Spirit. The Enneagram symbol is simply a map of our basic EIP. There are six main parts for our main type. There are two parts and wings and paths. Plus, each part can both be healthy and unhealthy, depending on if it's where the alignment of our heart is in regards to the wounded child or beloved. So, Beth, why don't you give us a brief review on uh, the core motivations of a type 7? Yeah. So, 7s, they are joyful, they're enthusiastic, they're sociable people, and they radiate optimism in all situations. They're lovers of variety, they live life big, and are eager to enjoy all new experiences that the world has to offer. And they see endless possibilities and love to innovate new things all around them. They radiate positivity and happiness. But internally, they can always feel a longing for more and the fear of missing out. Now, their focus of attention is best case thinking to provide exciting stimulation and to avoid anything that is going to bring them discomfort. Now, sevens have amazing strengths like optimism. They can be outspoken, spontaneous, free-spirited, fun-loving, playful, and joyful. They can be the life of the party, but you'll also see that they're very generous, making the world a better place for others, and they're not afraid to take on risk and be spontaneous so that they can enjoy life to the fullest. But as everyone has weaknesses, so do sevens. And for them, there is never enough time to do all the things that they want to do in life. They struggle to stay focused and at times committed to things. 
they tend to uh, get caught up in so many plans and visions that they have. And so it's hard for them to be grounded and realistic in the moment because they feel confined, they feel restricted, and they want out, they want freedom. And so they find it hard to place their roots down and to commit for a really long time in fears that they're going to lose their freedom. But sevens at their best realize that setting up priorities and limitations will make them more productive and fulfilled. So for them to experience rich and satisfying joy, they have a deep relationship with Christ because he gives that to them. They remain focused, steady, grounded, and dependable, and they control their desires and examine their internal world without needing to flee. They'll also embrace the reality of life facing the sadness, disappointment, and sorrow, and they bring joy in the midst of all of that. They become awed and grateful at the simple wonders of life. Filled with wonder and excitement about experiencing the joys of everyday life, sevens are truly remarkable people. Now, let's take a look at the sevens' core motivations. And as we all know, that is where everything hinges on why we think, feel, and behave in particular ways. Now, sevens, their core fear is being trapped in emotional pain, limited, bored, missing out on something fun. Really, they're the true FOMOs of the world. Now, they have a core desire of being happy, fully satisfied, and content. But they struggle with the core weakness of gluttony. And this is where they feel a great emptiness inside. And they really have this insatiable desire to fill themselves up with experiences and stimulations in hope of feeling completely satisfied and content. Now, they have the core longing. This is the message their heart longs to hear, is to hear, you will be taken care of. Well, Jesus uniquely speaks the gospel message to each type to fully satisfy their core longing. This applies to type sevens. Jeremiah 2.13 says that my people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. For the type seven, what Jesus is inviting people to is that he is the one who offers life. And that life is found in relationship to him. Now, sevens have gone about trying to satisfy these core motivations, but these, uh, as they've attempted to do so apart from Christ, it actually leads to further depletion. It says these are broken cisterns, cisterns that cannot hold water. And so we use the metaphor of it's like cotton candy that you put, it seems very satisfying at first, but then it dissipates and you're only left wanting more. So let's dive into the wounded child for the type seven. The wounded child is the part of our main type that holds the trauma and tragedy that we have faced in our stories. It's the part that holds the pain of living in a fallen and sinful world. It reacts to life from a history of painful experiences. And its primary need is to protect itself from more harm and uses all the other parts of our EOP to be able to do that. Beth, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the type sevens wounded child? Yeah, so as children, they long to hear you will be taken care of, but they usually felt disconnected from the parent who was supposed to provide nurture, leaving them feeling emotionally cut off and possibly even feeling neglected. Now, determined that they needed to care for themselves, they then set out to do things that would fill themselves up to make sure that they could rely on themselves and not anyone else. And any time that they felt unpleasant emotion, like whether being bored or deprived, 
Type 7 children usually felt compelled to distract themselves with many things. It could have been toys, games, friends, uh, TV, computers, sports, humor, books, lots of things. Anything to distract them from that painful emotion inside. Well, they would create a world full of happy thoughts and exciting adventures so that they could kind of flood out any of those painful thoughts and feelings that it wouldn't even rise up. Well, the wounded part of type seven falsely believes that it is not okay to depend on anyone for anything. As children, they felt that they could not rely on others because others were not coming through for them in the way that they needed for their happiness or satisfaction. So for them, they believed I'm independent. I can do this. I know what I need. I'm going to go out and get it. And as an adult, they still long to hear that they will be taken care of. Now, type 7's wounded child might say to them things like this, if I get what my heart currently wants or desires, then I'll finally be okay. Or I am on my own to take care of my needs, to find complete satisfaction in life. No one else can really help me. Or all that I need can be found in the next fun thing or the next exciting adventure that I'm going to plan out. Well, the wounded child does its best to radiate positivity and reframe anything that feels negative to them so that they can feel excitement and joy in a content heart. The problem is that the more they believe satisfaction is just around the corner, the more they're actually going to miss out on experiencing the blessings and the joys that they have in this current moment. So how do we bring healing to our wounded child? Well, number one is to move towards our wounded child with curiosity and compassion, recognizing that it has good intent. We want to befriend it. We want to bring clarity and build a relationship with this part of our heart so that we can identify whenever it's active in our lives. So as I relate, as I consider my own inner child um, or my wounded child, I call him Jeffrey, that allows me to understand when I'm feeling the mo- my most anxious about life and all the other accompanying coping behaviors that all the other types connected to my EIP and how they're functioning for me. Now, one of the ways that we do that uh, by building relationship with these parts is by giving them a name. Now, you can do this based upon the age that you perceive it as. It could be just younger Jeff. Uh, it could uh, be something that's based upon feelings, a uh, scared Jeff. But these are ways in order to readily identify these parts of our hearts. Mm. So, Beth, why don't you talk through now what is the beloved child for the type 7? Yeah, so the beloved child within each of us knows who we are and whose we are. This is the spirit-led self. It knows that it has all of Christ's blessings, joy, and benefits, which allows our hearts and our minds to savor the present moment with a grateful heart. And that's so important for sevens is to be present and to savor. Now, you can finally rest for sevens. You can finally rest that you no longer need to seek out what you already have. So type sevens, beloved child, what it can do is say to itself, I can partake in the life-giving water of Christ and what he offers me and experience full contentment in my heart. The beloved child can also say, I can depend on Christ to take care of me in difficult times. It also can say, I don't need to escape or refrain painful experiences since Christ is with me and will provide peace and assurance um, in all circumstances. Now, 
We call this gospel self-talk. And the beloved child part of our heart will guide us and guide the misaligned parts of our heart back into alignment with the gospel truth. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. So let's look at the connecting types for the type seven. We're going to start with the two wings. The wings for the type seven are type six and type eight. Now, remember, the type seven core motivations will always be there, and they actually shape the expression of these wings and other connecting parts. But these connecting parts will also bring both positive and negative characteristics. This is key in understanding how to use EIP correctly. So let's look at the type six wing. The Uh, best part? Well, that is true. Like the type six wing is going to bring so many beautiful attributes (laughs) to the type seven. It's going to ground them. You wouldn't be biased by any means. No. No, not at all. <laughs> Just like my seven wing brings so much joy into my it's life. That's true. Um, yeah, it, it it chills me out as a type six. So yeah, we, we have a great relationship together, yes, as a matter of yes. fact. So the wing six, it's the reliable part. It's the trustworthy part. It's the natural troubleshooter. Mm-hmm. It supports their main type by helping them collaborate with others to reach their goals and to be more committed and loyal and a faithful friend. Mm-hmm. Now, when the six wing is misaligned, trying to protect the wounded child, here are a few things they may notice. They may express their anxieties and securities and dissatisfaction when someone or someone is hindering them from getting what they want. They may become suspicious of others and test their loyalty to see if they will meet their needs or avoid them entirely to pursue what you want. They may become so preoccupied with their desires that they actually try to predict anything that might get in the way of obtaining. Under the leadership of the beloved child, though, the type six wing may take on some other attributes. They may take anxieties and insecurities to God, trusting that he'll care for your needs and give you clarity, courage, and strength to handle life challenges. You may become more warm, vulnerable, faithful, committed, witty, and engaging. You may see your circumstances with immense clarity and make accurate conclusions on how to solve an issue. You see, EIP 
lets us see how we can use our connecting types in both aligned and misaligned ways. These are not just subtypes. These are not just descriptions. These are part of us that help us to live out our sense of calling and our lives and relationships. Oh, I love that. And it is so true because I think often we just think we're one thing. And this is helping to shape and to see that we're more than one thing. We're more than one personality type. Though, I mean, our, our main type reigns supreme and leads the rest of our parts. It helps us to understand how we're very fluid, how we have lots of different parts that come in positively and negatively. That's right. Okay, so let's look at wing eight for the type seven. Now, wing eight is self-reliant, they're protective, independent, strong, can be very blunt, and they have a very take charge attitude. Now, this supports the main type of the seven by using passion, determination, and strength to help the seven to gain what their heart desires. Now, when the eight wing is misaligned, it's going to try to protect the wounded child of the type seven, and it's going to demand that others meet their needs needs for excitement, fun, and stimulation. It's also going to passionately plow a path for the seven and to make sure those desires are going to be had. So everyone get out of the way, basically. Um, It's going to also cause our type sevens to seek out activities and passions that really give them kind of an adrenaline rush or an adrenaline high. But we also want to see how the type eight comes into alignment with the beloved child and produces so many amazing and beautiful qualities like seeing uh, failures as positive opportunities to try something new, to make it better, to make it different. The eight also endures hardships that can usually derail people, but the eight says, no, we can do this. Let's figure it out. And it gives them a lot of drive and passion to move forward on the benefit of themselves, but also the benefit of others. The A part also is a natural leader that helps with decision-making, confidence, and to quickly delegate things to other people where other people can really thrive and excel as well. So both wings can be a blessing when they are aligned. We don't want to limit ourselves to thinking that we only use one wing or the other. We use them both to varying degrees and, and they show up in varying circumstances. They are both part of us. That means that we need to be curious about it whenever we don't notice these parts of us because they've actually been there. Many people have a dominant wing, but both wings still play a role. So don't be blind to the negative strategies or miss out on the positive characteristics of the less dominant wing and be aware of them to bring them both into alignment with the truth of the gospel. I think that's so good because we we actually just interviewed the type panel or the type seven panel that will be out next week, mm-hmm. but we've already recorded it. And I think what was so fun is recognizing how the sevens quickly didn't resonate with certain parts of their type because they were skipping over it. Like it, it was maybe too painful or too hard and they didn't even know it until they actually started talking about it. And so I think what you just said about recognizing all the parts of us and taking time to mm-hmm. understand them especially when it comes to the wings where people think, oh, I just have one wing and that's it. One of our guests really thought that she had a hard time and she's very well versed in the Enneagram. She had a hard time understanding that six part of her heart. But then when we started talking about it, especially you being a six and saying, I see this in you, you know, or I know this about you. She was like, oh yeah, that's, that's where that part is. And so I think it's really helpful, as you said, to understand the negative attributes because we don't want to like just blindly walk into 
um, negative consequences. So we want to be aware of when things are happening so we can wake up and get back into alignment. But we also don't want to miss out on the blessings that these parts can offer us as well. That's right. Well, the final two parts of the Type 7's EIP, or their Enneagram internal profile, are the paths. These refer to the lines and the arrows that are connected to the type. To find your path, simply follow the lines that connect to your main type. For the Type 7, that's Type 1 and Type 5. You see in basic Enneagram 101 teaching that typically that there's a healthier and an unhealthy path or a stress and growth path. But with EIP, we want to show you something that looks a little bit different than that, that we can access both of these parts of us in both healthy and unhealthy ways, depending on if they're operating out of the wounded child or the beloved child. Mm -hmm. So Beth, why don't you describe the type one and how that plays out in the type seven's life? Yeah. So ones, they are serious, they're objective, more emotionally self-controlled. They can also be critical of themselves and others. Now, it focuses on improving and reforming the world by noticing what's wrong and insisting that things are made right. Now, the one path for the seven, when it's misaligned, is trying to protect the wounded child of the type seven. And some of the things that might pop up are where it's going to impose restrictions and limitations on themselves so that they're more productive, but they also can be very irritated and critical of themselves and others for not coming through in a specific way. And they can notice and point out everything that is wrong, imperfections, and become judgmental and critical and nitpicky to make sure that everyone is doing what is right in the sense for the seven so that they can have fun, that things aren't negative. So they can start micromanaging and really can surprise people because people are like, wait a second, what is happening to my seven friend or my seven (laughs) spouse? Like, where did she go? Because this one can become very insistent and critical. But under the leadership of the beloved child, the type 7's one part can show up in such beautiful ways. It can accept life as it is, both the good and the bad, and live for a higher purpose. It can then focus on what is the top priority and take the time and commit to it without getting distracted. It also brings in wisdom, accuracy, and creativity in the goals that they're trying to meet. Jeff, why don't you talk about the type sevens five path, which is, I think, very interesting because fives and sevens can look so opposite, but they're great assets together as well. Yeah, and it's really important to recognize, like with all the other parts, that we're going to access this type five part of the sevens life in both healthy and unhealthy ways. So why don't we just walk through that? The type five is the intellectual, uh, is intellectual, it observes life with curiosity and a craving to know more. It fears, it lacks inner resources. And that too much interaction with others will lead to catastrophic depletion. Therefore, it withdraws from others to recharge. Now, this may be contrary to what you experience as a type 7, but clearly is a part of them. It supports their main type by helping them to slow down and process what's actually happening, their thoughts, their emotions, and their needs. So when the type 5 wing shows up uh, on behalf of the wounded child, you may find that this 5 part builds up boundaries to protect yourself from others, from being too invasive or limiting in your life. You may find this part, um, or you may find yourself sorting out your feelings by using your intellect before Mm -hmm. moving forward in life. And you may grow tired of constantly feeling like you need to be positive. But under the leadership of the beloved child, the five path helps you to combine your intellectual insights and passion to produce stunning original works. You can connect with others from both an intellectual and passionate place 
and generously give them the insights that you've gathered over time. You can pull things apart and then conceptualize new ways to look at them and put them back together from a creative viewpoint. Like your wings, your paths can be a liability and a blessing. That's why we need our beloved child leading the various parts of our hearts. Yeah, you know, as you're describing all of those things about the seven moving to the five, my dad is a seven, and I could literally envision all of those sides of it. And I think one thing that people are really surprised about with type sevens is this five part that shows up at home. So the five part that shows up at home for a seven, so the family would see let's say like for me, like I would see my dad as this go-getter, fun, vivacious, you know, kind of the life of the party at work. And then he would come home and immediately need to uh, recharge, to read the newspaper, watch the news. Well, there were a lot of rules around the home to protect that time. Like he was done giving life to others and now it was about him. It was about recharging. And it was just so interesting because it was such such a stark difference between what was outside the home and what was inside the home. And not like necessarily in a really bad way. It's just you see this person joyful in the life of the party, but then they become very kind of internally isolated, sometimes physically isolated, but internally isolated. And he was very fixated on that recharging mm-hmm. process. And so it was like, huh. Uh, where did that other guy go? But I mean, he still came out like we went and we went fishing and other things. But um, I think that can be really shocking to people in the family. But what we need to do is to help the sevens to recharge. What does that look like? And not to constantly make them feel that they have to be the life of the party because it is fun. Um, And so, but then the healthy side of the five is when the fives take the time to really go inward and process those thoughts and feelings that can feel very uncomfortable to them. And watching my dad do that over the years um, and really seeing him grow and having to sometimes wrestle with those harder emotions was really inspiring in a lot of ways. So yeah, those are really, really helpful. So as you know, we like to visualize how all of our parts are on a bus riding together. Now for the type seven, your driver should be the beloved child because it's mature, it knows what it's doing. We don't want the wounded child and all the other parts that are misaligned to try to grab the wheel because they are ill-equipped and they're too young, they're too immature. They do not know how to drive a bus. But the problem is sometimes our beloved child decides to go to the back of the bus and to fall asleep. Well, if the bus is still going, guess what? The wounded child and the misaligned parts are going to do the best they can to keep us safe. The problem is they don't know how to drive the bus. And so we constantly are, are falling into ditches and crashing and those parts are panicking. What we really need is to awaken our beloved child, to bring it back into the driver's seat because it knows who they are and whose they are. It knows the gospel truth and it can help drive us in a healthy direction to be more like Christ. And that is when the rest of our parts calm down and enjoy the ride, bringing out the best qualities of who they are. So let's constantly focus on how can we keep that beloved child in the driver's seat. This is really hard work. On this side of heaven, it's not going to be perfect. We have to constantly ask God to redeem us and to continue, continually to restore us into this place. And the best part of the restoration process is that we can learn to become more aware of when these things are happening, when our misaligned parts are starting to like maybe even grab the wheel. Maybe the, the beloved child is there, but the, the wounded part of our heart doesn't trust it so much. And so it's going to try to navigate uh, towards its desires on its own. 
So for seven, some of the things that you can do to integrate EIP into your daily life is to first sit in silence. Um, focusing on your inner world can be really difficult, but it's so vital for your soul. So ask the Holy Spirit to help you in these uncomfortable uh, places and especially process those hard emotions. Then we want you to live in the moment by uh, reconnecting with the parts of yourself that might want to to be avoided, to, to not be focused on. Now, when we talked with one of the type sevens, I love what she said. She's like, oh, when I'm in a really good place, like fun, like vacation or doing something great, I am totally in the present moment. She said, but it's in the in-between phases or um, the moments that are hard that I'm not present. I'm thinking of that next fun thing. So I love that perspective that she gave. But we also want you to practice gratitude. We want you to every day look at all of your experiences, write them down, and then savor all that you've been given. The more you're able to do that, the more you see that the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener right here and right now. And that God gives us joy and it gives us abundance even when things are hard. And I think sometimes um, we're not always looking, we don't need happiness to feel joy. And that is what God gives us. Well, as you get to know your EIP and all of its various parts, you may want to give them a unique name. It's a way of connecting with each of these types so that you can actually practice self-leadership. Uh, if you'd like some help in doing something like that, uh, what we've been talking about is Enneagram Coaches. You can find one of our Enneagram Coaches uh, at our coaching directory, and that you can go to www.myenneagramcoach.com. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, go ahead and go pre-order our book, More Than Your Number. There's tons of pre-order bonuses that you can take advantage of to help you develop self-leadership through the lens of EIP. And if you have a type 7 in your life, be sure to share this episode. Or if you know people who love type 7s, this is going to be really helpful for them. And be sure to join us next week as we talk about or talk to a panel of type 7s. Yeah, they actually have the same last name. This will be interesting. (laughs) They're not even related. Well, we found out they're not related. Yeah, they're not related. Well, remember that the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder. It is the gospel that transforms us.